0: Hello. I know I need to come up with a little better introduction than hello, considering usually when I see somebody I know, um, especially if it's somebody I know well, but Being the uh, awkward Aspie most likely that I am, I will meow to anybody within range who will listen. And that's gotten me into a bit of trouble in the past. But what I wanted to mostly address today is COVID-19, how I'm personally doing as someone neurodivergent Um, in the midst of this pandemic and a little bit of what I've read and heard here and there about how other people on the spectrum are doing and uh, give some resources. So personally, my life really has not changed all that much as far as day-to-day activity. I am an artist. I'm also a performer, but these days... I'm more in the creation zone than in the performance zone. And even if I were to have performances lined up, it wouldn't matter anyway. So normally when I'm working on stuff, I'm at home regardless. So I made a tarot deck, for example, a cat-focused tarot deck called the Incredible Psychic Meow. All that I did at home. I record my own music at home. So, you know, in the past, I needed to go into a recording studio and have that done or when I was with other bands or whatever. Now, most of us have the ability, even without um, something like Pro Tools, just with, let's say, the GarageBand program that's built into uh, Mac. You know, a perfectly good album could come out of that. And, oh my gosh, um, my focus right now is getting another art show done. I have more than one special interest, but what usually happens is my special interests sort of go for a long time, but in pairs. So right now it's uh, painting or multimedia visual artwork. I want to get all that done so I can get another show when it's possible to do that and then writing some articles for medium on the side. After I have finished um, with the medium articles, I may then move to writing another book as I am tapering off of the visual art. So I guess if, if someone wants to know what my special interests are, number one would be cats and then uh, art after that. And these have been very long standing special interests. And it is very hard uh, for me to pull myself away or for someone else to pull me away from my art. And it's actually gotten dangerous. I have had uh, some fires because I was not able to attend to the kitchen properly. So, I I don't like candles anymore, um, and that's one of the reasons. I just I need to make sure that I'm safe, and if I'm not able to uh, focus on something else, then I'm not going to be safe, and I have to take those precautions. But right now, I guess my focus for this episode would be how am I feeling in the midst of the pandemic and so yes on a practical level not much has changed for me but emotionally a lot has changed because basically you're picking up or i don't know at least for myself being on the spectrum and being really sensitive and really intuitive i'm picking up a lot of what feels like grief and i'm going through my own grief as well because my My cat passed away recently, um, and that's probably the most grief that I'm going to go through in life, you know, is having a very close loved one pass. So I'm feeling that, and then I'm feeling everyone else's anxiety and, um, you know, the depression and the stress and the sadness, the confusion and the grief. So... Whether you want to call that part of being on the spectrum or just part of being a really sensitive human being on every level, including the five senses, then basically you're living in a world that's not set up for sensitive people, period, whether those people are autistic or not. Now I know a lot of us have feelings about autism speaks because they don't have autistics in charge. They have had PSAs put out, um, ads and commercials put out that are very dramatic. There was one famous one in which a mother said in front of her autistic daughter that she had considered driving the both of them off of a cliff because it was so hard to raise the child and kids understand it doesn't matter. They may appear to not understand Now this goes for anyone. I had a friend in a coma or excuse me, who was immobilized with acute myeloid leukemia and uh, everyone thought she couldn't understand, but she could. And she communicated by blinking her eyes. So, Anyone who thinks that a a low-functioning autistic child can't understand what they're saying, they better think again. And there are kids out there like Carly, if you've um, checked out Carly's Cafe, who are low-functioning and who get talked about all the time and can't reply. And um, then one day they are able to reply either by typing or maybe they start speaking and the parents realize, hey, I've been talking in front of my child this whole time, saying things that I would not want the child to hear. And too late, the child has heard years and years of, you know, the parent basically writing the child off and uh, saying some pretty scary things with an earshot. But... The reason I bring up Autism Speaks is because regardless of the feelings that we might have towards their organization, they do have some good resources that are listed on their website. And I'm going to be referring to some of them now. So for mental health... The WHO Coping with Stress, so the World Health Organization has an infographic with some quick tips for managing stress. The American Psychological Association Resources, which is the APA, they have put together a lot of resources to help the community cope, and I'm planning on checking those out. I'm on a website called nextdoor.com. I know a lot of us are, and I did ask the question... If anyone knew about resources for autistics, I have not yet received a reply, but I'm personally going to check this stuff out myself so I can see maybe there's something that I've missed, even though I can't actually leave the house. And uh, so there's self-care that's listed under that, work and telework. And as we know, telework has become increasingly important I I don't think it could be any more important than right now in the midst of this crisis. And then there's also a section for stress, anxiety, and grief, which is what I mentioned before. That's really what we're feeling. Not everybody, but a lot of us. And uh, the APA has its own podcast about coping with stress during COVID and it's got the number for the suicide prevention lifeline and there's a crisis text line as well. For kids, it is a little bit different. I know there are some social stories that you can find on the internet that uh, would be beneficial because I know a lot of autistic kids are just freaked out right now. And they need a way to understand why all the adults around them are freaking out as they are. So you might just want to put in social stories, COVID nineteen, if you have uh, sensitive children, whether they're on the spectrum or not. And they have a section. I'll go if you go to autismspeaks.org. It's It says COVID-19 information and resources for adults on the spectrum. And under employment, it says how to cope with disrupted personal routines during COVID-19. We all know how important our routines are to us and how difficult it is when someone or something comes along and challenges and disrupts our routines. Right now, there's really no way around that, even if the disruption is the stress, um, or what we're picking up from others around us. So uh, yeah, so there are tips about how to cope with the change in routine, the mental health challenges. And then there are some other ways to practice self care during this time. I also found a really good podcast. I will mention that at the end. It's on Blog Talk Radio. It's Coffee and Clatch, I believe. I'll I'll list it in the credits at the end or in the um, the description. But they claim to have the best interviews on autism. And I saw a bunch of Temple Grandin interviews, and there was the creator of Floor Time which is a really good alternative to ABA. Um, so yeah, I will, I will list that. But uh, so anyway, back to employment resources, uh, there's a section called Working From Home, Developing a New Routine. And uh, there's one called Support for Autistic Adults Dealing with COVID-19 Employment Changes. And then there's Applying for Unemployment. I know a lot of us, are not employed, in fact, most of us are probably not employed, uh, are being taken care of by family, by perhaps a partner, or are on disability, SSI, SSDI. Uh, So the employment um, section may not apply, but uh, some, some people who would have qualified under the diagnosis of Asperger's do work. And they are able to work. And maybe they're even speakers. They go to a lot of conferences and they speak. But when they get off of the the podium or the stage, they have a, a worker. You know, they have their own worker who is ready to help them. Because very often they're stepping off of that stage and going into a shutdown or a meltdown because of the stress. So... Uh, Even though maybe there are some um, psychologists out there who say that if a person's secretary picks up, they're not really Asperger's or they're not really autistic, that's not always the case. So within each functioning category, uh, which is sort of arbitrary, but also based on just numbers and speaking or not speaking, there are dimensions. And so rather than saying, oh, I'm high functioning because I'm hyperverbal, hyperlexic, and I have above uh, or average or above average IQ, it's not just that. You have to take the dimensions within that. Uh, so sensory challenges, the stereotypes. You know, the stimming, is the stimming getting in the way? You have to take it piece by piece, so whether it's social or whatever, and judge that particular piece and assess for yourself or with your psychologist or therapist, whether that piece is going to put you in the, um, maybe a more severe, moderate to severe range of functioning. And that's why a lot of people want to do away with functioning labels because it is more or it should be anyway more nuanced than just I spoke on time or I spoke early and I don't have an IQ below 70 therefore I'm high functioning because it is more nuanced than that so there are also I'm looking at this I'm not going to click on everything. I think what I'm going to do now is just try to find that podcast for you because it is it is really interesting, but I also don't want to spend too much time. I wanted to talk about overdiagnosis and underdiagnosis. I may just sort of attack that separately though because I don't want something that's going to go an episode that's going to go all over the place. I also wanted to talk about things like the overlap in symptoms between something like borderline personality disorder and in, in female autistics and ASD symptomatology. You know, not just that, but that's one example. Anyway, so it says the most informative autism interviews anywhere. That's how they bill themselves, and it's thecoffeeclatch.com. So it's the coffee Clatch is spelled K-L-A-T-C-H.com. So it right now it's indicating that their next event is in seven hours. 50 minutes and three seconds. So it looks like they're very active. And um, I'm going to start checking them out. I also want to uh, look a little bit more closely at the statistics and why autism is being diagnosed so much more because people mention overdiagnosis in childhood bipolar and ADHD, but they're somehow afraid to mention it in autism spectrum. But we also know that in some areas and in some demographics, it's underdiagnosed. And of course, in adults who uh, are considered high functioning, especially if they're female or non-binary female presenting, it's even more so, more the case that perhaps they went through life, not being diagnosed and just failing at one thing after another, or being diagnosed with borderline or with bipolar or with just ADHD or just OCD or just, uh, anxiety. I'm not saying just like, it's not important. I mean, exclusively, like maybe they had an exclusive diagnosis of depression or anxiety you know, and ASD never even crossed anyone's mind because for so many years, autism and childhood were being conflated. And no one really considered the fact that an autistic child is going to grow up and become an autistic adult because there's a lot of misconception around um, cures. And a lot of it just comes down to the masking, you know, the camouflaging that a lot of the so-called higher functioning autistics are or were forced to do, so to cover up their challenges, and um, even so their lives, it looks like they're to the outside uh, observer that maybe they're lazy or not trying hard or underachieving when in actuality, it's quite the opposite. Okay, so I want to bid everyone a meow. I hope that the distractions outside aren't going to be difficult as far as noise levels go. There were some, I don't know if they were uh, collecting the garbage, but we should all give an enormous amount of thanks for the people who are keeping their restaurants open, taking, uh, dealing with the garbage, dealing with the delivery of different things that we need or working in the pharmacies for us because it always was a big deal, it always was important. But now more than ever, I think everyone's realizing just how important certain occupations are that were being considered um, in the past, maybe not as exciting as, or not sexy occupations. You know what I mean? I think the appreciation is, is finally surfacing now. So again meow we are coming up on 20 minutes <laughs>